Hey, it's the Weather Channel podcast. I'm Ari Sarsalari, a meteorologist here at the Weather Channel. Today, I'm going to hang out with Linda Lamb. She's also a meteorologist here at the Weather Channel. And then Jan Child, she's a reporter and writer for weather.com. And uh, these are two people that know their craft really well. And we're going to talk very specifically uh, just kind of about one topic here, the severe weather outbreak that we have coming up for Sunday. There's been a lot of talk about it. Um, it looks like it could be pretty bad in parts of the South. We're talking parts of Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, maybe even into Georgia through Sunday night. And we're going to get into the details of that. We'll go through the forecast of it. We'll talk a little bit about sheltering also as it uh, pertains to the COVID-19 situation. Um, I'm sure there are a lot of different things now than say if this would have happened last year that people have to prepare for when you're making your preparations. And we'll talk with Jan about that. And, um, you know, I also want to talk a little bit with Linda specifically about just how, how it kind of feels covering this stuff as a meteorologist, because I feel like we're going to have a lot of weather geeks that'll be watching this, possibly some meteorologists that do communication as part of their job. And, um, you know, as much as I say I like covering severe weather, sometimes it, it kind of stinks when things get really bad. So uh, we'll jump into that too. Okay, first, let's talk about the forecast. Linda, I know you've been following this super closely. I have too. What are, what are your thoughts? Okay. I know this is like a super complex situation. I want to stay out of the weeds here. I literally just want to give people like, when's it going to happen? What's going to happen? What do we need to expect? Sure. Yeah. We've been paying, paying very close attention to this over the last few days and it, each day it looks a little bit more likely that we're going to see some uh, impactful severe weather and the timing has shifted a little bit as we expect when we get closer to the event. Um, right now, it looks like we'll see severe weather ramp up as we head late Saturday night and continue through Sunday and possibly into early Monday. Uh, so that would be timing across the south. And we're talking areas from Texas into the southeast. And the threats are all on the table as far as tornadoes, potentially strong long track tornadoes. A very large hail could be a concern, particularly Saturday. Um, and of course, widespread damaging wind gusts um, look likely as well. And we even have, have the threat of flash flooding too. So we have pretty much the whole bag. Okay. So I'm going to screen share here. And I'm also going to try to explain what uh, what is... Uh, being shown on the screen share for people that are just listening. Obviously, you know, when you're listening to a podcast and people are talking about what they're looking at, it would be good to kind of know that. So Saturday and Sunday, okay? Now, here's the important thing to remember with Saturday. This is Saturday's severe weather threat. And uh, basically is what it's showing is this kind of enhanced area of severe weather threat in central into parts of southwestern Texas and, you know, even into parts of east Texas as well. It's basically kind of west central in the eastern parts of texas and the thing that people have to remember with this is that this is not going to start until overnight saturday like there may there may be some thunderstorms around i'm, I'm right about that right linda yes you, you are so that's one thing to not let your guard down as you head toward to bed uh let me throw some cities on here by the way uh san antonio austin waco this is going to be probably after midnight that's how it looks right now and this is where we have our biggest threat for like the big hail and then eventually that whole line that develops ends up moving toward the east and then we get into sunday's uh outlook here from the storm prediction center and this is not every day you see this on a uh, day three no it's it, you definitely take notice yeah so the storm prediction center for people that aren't familiar they put out 
these outlooks for severe weather and they're pretty much kind of the holy grail like all meteorologists look at them a lot of weather geeks that aren't meteorologists also look at them and they'll put out they'll put out a uh, outlook for day one which would be like today okay today today's friday that, that we're recording this so day one outlook would be for friday day two outlook would be for uh saturday and the day three outlook would be for sunday generally as you get farther out into the um forecast period uh, what you don't tend to see the the higher threats like the moderates and the highs. It, what I'm trying to say is that it's kind of rare to see a moderate risk on day three, and I would not be surprised if they end up upgrading this to a high risk, which is something we only see a couple times a year. Right, right, and this kind of speaks to the confidence level of that we will see impactful severe weather. So when you see those higher categories, that gives you a better chance of uh, seeing severe weather, as well as it narrows down the areas where we're most concerned about. So as you can clearly see here, we're really concerned about areas from northern Louisiana into Alabama, northward into southwest or southeastern Arkansas, and through much of uh, Mississippi. So that's you know that's a pretty big area as well for a moderate risk on day three. Yeah, it really is. Let me throw out a few city names here. Um, if you're listening to this and let's say Lufkin, Texas, Shreveport, Louisiana, Alexandria, Jackson, Mississippi, Greenville, Mississippi. I, I kind of have a feeling that Mississippi is going to be the bullseye for this. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think once, <laughs> Not these looking storms, good. <laughs> once these storms cross the Mississippi river, they'll be, they'll be going pretty solidly. Um, you know, parts of Alabama, uh, also need to be really careful here because I, I would say from Birmingham West is where we, we'd see the highest chance at, at maybe a couple of long track tornadoes or some really, really widespread uh, straight line wind damage. Would you agree with that? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I think you're right on the money there. And we can't, uh, we can't sleep on Atlanta. Okay, because this is, <laughs> I mean, we live in Atlanta. Linda <laughs> and I live true. in Atlanta. That's true. <laughs> and the funny thing is my... <laughs> So my girlfriend, I've mentioned this before, she's a firefighter. So, you know, they're first responders. Whenever uh, whenever there's any kind of severe weather threat around the Atlanta area, they get these emails, right? And the vast majority of the time, even if they're in a marginal, they get the email. So they'll get the email. And then she says, hey, I heard we're going to have severe weather today. I'm like, no, there's really not going to be that much. <laughs> like literally all of it's going to be to our west. We're going to have this decaying line of boring thunderstorms that might come through at 6 a.m. Um, in this case... <sighs> I'm not going to say it's completely different from that, but it's a it's definitely more serious. Okay, I would say for Atlanta, these storms they'll likely arrive after midnight. I'd be pretty surprised if they get into Atlanta uh, before midnight. We're talking late Sunday night into early Monday morning. So I think this is going to be it's going to be a loud night of thunderstorms Sunday night in Atlanta, huh? Yeah, I think so. And so it's really important when you go to bed to have ways to get the warnings. Um, and it's also, we could see storms earlier in the day too. So it's also, uh, don't let your guard down thinking that that was it. We're really expecting the severe to be later overnight. So uh, and, and like you said, a lot of times we do end up with more of a decaying thunderstorm uh, situation, uh, especially overnight, but the ingredients in place and the dynamics in this situation, I'm not quite ready to say that will be uh, what will happen on Sunday night, early Monday. So uh, yeah, I def one of those ways to have warnings to be able to get them on your phone if you have the have a weather radio because uh, you don't want to be sleeping uh, and miss those important warnings to yeah. take shelter. I'm glad you talked about this because um, I'm going to show a forecast model right now. Okay, so if you're not watching, I'm going to I'm going to start this basically Saturday night. Okay, and what is today? The 10th. So tomorrow night would be where are we at here? Hold on a second. 
four twelve zero Z. That is tomorrow night. Okay. Yep. Yep. So this would be like eight p.m. Saturday night. And what you notice is this huge cluster of thunderstorms in eastern Texas into Louisiana. That's not the stuff that we're worried about. Sure, some of that could be a little bit on the nasty side. Um, but watch what happens as I take this forward. And this is the NAM three kilometer model, which is just starting to uh, get into the time frame where we can uh, look at it for this specific event. Um, we get into the hours closer to midnight and you see west of San Antonio there. If you're watching along with us, that's the nasty stuff. Yeah, that's the one. And Linda was just talking about how this is kind of a unique situation where we could have some morning severe weather in some places. And that's because, you know, this line doesn't really look like it's going to die down too much. Um, it, it, it's one of these situations where it just kind of forms and then it just keeps moving east. Now, of course, once we get into the afternoon on Sunday, that's that's when it starts to get closer to the Mississippi River crossing Louisiana. And this is, you know, you start to get some of the heating of the day and uh, things get really nasty. So that's the timing on it. Okay. And there is the chance, I mean, Storm Prediction Center has mentioned the chance for some long track tornadoes. You know, when you look at this event, uh, Linda, I know it's, it's so t especially for people in this area, people in Dixie mm -hmm. Alley, they went through April 27th, 2011. Right. They've also been through a couple situations in the last couple of years where we have had high risks that have busted a little bit. That's What's your gut true. telling you? So I don't think this is going to be a bust, um, but it's not going to be a, a 2011 situation either. Um, I think it's definitely a serious situation that has the potential to be uh, dangerous, um, but it's, I don't think it's going to be anywhere close to what we saw uh, nine years ago, but it is definitely, uh, it, it looks to me less likely to be one of those bust forecasts because um, uh, so many of the ingredients that you'd look for just currently look like they will be in place. Now, given that it's still Friday, we are still two days away um, almost. Uh, so things do change. So we could easily see some uh, tweaks to the forecast, but I, I'm, I don't, I'm not expecting a bust. What do you think, Ari? I don't see this one busting really because just everything really does seem to be in place and the timing of it, forecast models. You know, one thing I've noticed with models over the last couple of years is especially really recently, I feel like the the mesoscale, meaning like the smaller scale models where you can see all the details of things mm -hmm. have gotten really good at not only timing, but placement of things. Definitely. And I know just even in the last couple of severe weather events that we've had, I remember just being really impressed at like, okay, wow. Geez, even like a day and a half in, in advance than the NAM or whatever has uh, done a pretty good job with it. So I, I don't Agreed. think it's going to bust. I think it's going to be a pretty big day of severe weather. But here we are, guys. I mean, it's it's about the middle of April. This is stuff that we deal with every year. Especially this time of year. <laughs> and especially in that part of the country. Yeah, it's, it's a big area that they, I'm, I'll tell you what, I used to work in Huntsville. People know how to deal with tornadoes there, especially after 2011. But the problem is there are also a lot of people that are very scared of tornadoes. And anytime you talk about severe weather, it it's it's jarring for people. Like they get legitimately scared. So I wanted to try to put into perspective exactly what kind of outbreak this is going to be. Jan, thank you for being patient. You're the best. Um, Thanks, sorry. I, I enjoy hearing your explanations. Oh, thank you very much. Well, I, I enjoy Linda's more than mine, but um, <laughs> I enjoy them both. <laughs> Listen, you guys know, are awesome. I know you, Jan, have been uh, covering the whole coronavirus, COVID nineteen thing pretty heavily. We talked on a lot last podcast about how sheltering was going to be a little bit different. Let me open this up. Uh, I think this just came out yesterday, which would be Thursday. Right. This is a um, 
uh, tornado sheltering guidelines during the COVID-19 pandemic. And this is from the AMS, the American Meteorological Society. So they've gotten together and they've kind of put together this best practices. So here's the first line, call to action. Do not let the virus prevent you from seeking refuge from a tornado. If a public tornado shelter is your best available refuge from severe weather, take steps to ensure you follow CDC guidelines for physical distancing and disease prevention. You know, I want to, I'm going to dig into this thing a little bit more because I kind of think there are a few contradictory things in there where it's kind of like, we got to pick one, you know, like at some point you need to decide whether you're going to get in the shelter or not. Um, what, what, what's been some of the latest stuff on this, Jan? So, yeah. So, um, you know, more and more um, official agencies are coming out sort of with similar statements like this and saying that um, kind of going back to the whole thing of people have to have to look at what the bigger danger is. And, you know, I think it's easy to to sit here and say, well, obviously, if there's a tornado bearing down on you, that's your bigger danger. But at the same time, when you're a person that's faced with that choice and you're sort of sitting there looking at that and thinking, okay, do I take my chances in my home or do I take my chances at the shelter? That's something very real and something, you know, very scary for some people um, to look at. And so, you know, it goes back to, which is another part of this, um, the statement here from the AMS and some of the other ones that have come out recently as well, is that, you know, you you need to try to think about this ahead of time and, and think about what you're going to do. And, and we always tell people that, right? You guys always tell people that, that you have to make a plan and be prepared. Um, but, but when you get in the heat of the moment and you start to really think about it on a personal level, um, you know, my, my own family, we, we live in um, an area where we get evacuated for hurricanes. And so while we don't know what's going to be going on this year, for sure, as we get into hurricane season, and especially further along um, when we get to the peak, we're already struggling to decide what we're going to do if we get evacuated. It's, it's a really, really difficult thing to think about and what kind of risk you want to put your family in one way or the other. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And that, that, that's why I think, it, I think it's, you know, for different people, it's going to affect them differently, right? I think for, for a lot of people, you just live in a regular house or an apartment or whatever it is, it's kind of just like, okay, what's my plan? Well, that basically your plan is to find where your tornado shelter is. And that's like all the work you have to do. And then just remember that. But then the problem is when, when you have these communities with a lot of uh, manufactured homes and mobile homes and things like that, they're kind of used to, Hey, I'm going to take my whole family over to cousin Bob's place for the day because he's got a little bit of a more secure house or, you know, maybe go to a shelter before the storms hit. And then, you know, that's only one situation. Then once the actual tornado warning comes out and you don't have much time, then they have a decision to make because they know that an EF zero or EF one tornado can just completely obliterate the mobile home. But then, you know, you don't want to go out into it. So it's not as easy as it seems on the outside is what I'm saying. And I think there's a lot of, you know, a lot of mumbo jumbo where people are kind of dancing around, just trying to just, just tell, tell people what they really should do. I mean, what do you think about this stuff, Linda? Yeah, it, it's very tricky because, you know, for many people, you can say shelter safely in your home, but if that's not your case, I mean, you have to remember you, you, what do you, where do you go? You, you can't, you need to make that decision ahead of time because you don't want to be traveling during the storm, which hopefully with the shelter in place guidelines, less people will be traveling in general. 
Um, so maybe that will help with some pieces of that. But yeah, if it suddenly becomes a whole different story, if you know, you go to a friend's or neighbor's house or a family members, usually in a situation like what we're expecting Sunday, that might not be the best idea. Um, especially if someone is ill, uh, so that it's, it adds a whole extra layer of worry and concern, uh, when you have severe weather of, you know, particularly when we're talking about an outbreak and not just, you know, more of your isolated, scattered, severe storms. So yeah, this is, this will be very, um, I'm curious to see how this will play out on Sunday to see if the shelters are in fact open, if they're allowing people in, or are they doing any checks, um, before people go into the shelters. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's an interesting situation. There's, um, there's one part of this, of these guidelines from the AMS that I really like here. And really, if I could sum everything up, this is how I would do it personally. And I'm, I'm open to hearing what you guys would think, but, um, they say, listen, a lot of communities have announced that they will not open public storm shelters during the pandemic. So here's my advice to you. If you are, a person who relies on public shelters like schools, stores, or community facilities, you need to take this upon yourself to determine if that shelter will be available uh, because of this whole pandemic thing going on. Because there are a lot of them that you may have relied on in the past that may not uh, you know, be reliable right now. And so you can find this info through websites and some of the official social media accounts, or you can just contact your local emergency management agency. That's something I would highly recommend a lot of people do like now. Yeah, that's um, a very good point. Do it today. Don't wait until this weekend. Don't wait until Sunday when you have a warning. No, exactly. This is not something you want to do, be doing while a tornado warning is out. Mm-hmm. What's some of the latest stuff, Jan, with, um, you know, what you've heard about how, how COVID-19 is, is affecting these shelters? Yeah. So, um, you know, I think that advice that you guys gave to, to seek out that information now is spot on. Um, I also think that like everything else with, um, the coronavirus pandemic, it's evolving. And I really don't know if anybody really can, can foresee how this is all going to play out this weekend in terms of the shelters. I think it's going to be a big test. Um, if this weather does turn out to be, um, as severe as predicted, I think it's going to be a test of, you know, how many people will actually go to shelters versus how many people are willing to take the risk to stay in their homes, even when they don't have a safe place. I think it'll be a test of how the screening processes work that some of the shelters are putting in place. So I I think it'll be, I think it'll be interesting to see, hopefully it won't cause any additional issues uh, with people or, or any God forbid injuries or things, things like that. Hopefully, hopefully the system works the way it's supposed to. It's just that there's going to be a lot of a lot of things that I think will play out as it goes. Linda, you've I know that you've covered a lot of really bad weather events and yes. You know, for me, I, I used to work in Huntsville, Alabama. I've been on the air covering tornadoes while they were killing people. And mm. uh that's a really crappy feeling. I guess I'm trying to figure out like as a meteorologist, when do you start getting that sick feeling? And I'll 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 go ahead and tell you like when I do, just so you can okay. of what I'm asking here. When I'm forecasting this, like I do not have a sick feeling right now. I don't. I'm kind of like, okay, mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of severe weather. We get big time severe weather from time to time. These people know how to deal with it. When I get sick is when I see the, uh, when I, it's not even just when I see a tornado warning. It's when I see a tornado warning and I look at the radar and I can tell on radar that that is a absolutely huge tornado that's on the ground and it's moving right toward this town. That's when I get like uh, my stomach drops out and I'm like, oh my God, this like people could die. It's really tough, isn't it? 
Mm-hmm. It is. And that is, is, is exactly the same for me when before leading up to the event, I don't have that feeling of dread. I actually think I have more uh, energy because you're here. trying to get the info out and you're, you know, trying to make sure everyone has the, as much information as they need. It's not until the events ongoing and you see those storms start to come together. You see the warnings and you see uh, on the radar evidence of debris um, and you look at the, you know, the population potential. And that's when you start to, to really feel worried and um, upset and, you know, nervous of how this is going to play out. Uh, Because you always hope that the tornadoes that do form end up not really doing much damage. But when you see those signs that, no, this is taking tracking over a populated area, there's evidence of debris, that's when you know uh, things are, are going to get serious really quickly. Yeah. Sometimes you get these tornado emergency situations and oh, maybe, yeah. maybe, yeah, let's, maybe we should talk about that a little bit. Just kind of give people the general idea of the differences between all the words that you're probably going to hear on Sunday. If you live in some of these spots. Okay. So you've got a severe thunderstorm watch or a tornado watch that those things get issued well before the storm start. That'll be a couple hours before the storm start. That's basically saying, Hey, this whole general area has a good chance that there'll be some storms popping up somewhere in there that, you know, the atmosphere is pretty primed for either severe Mm -hmm. weather or tornadoes. It'll be tornado watches, I'm sure. Yeah. So, um, once you get a warning, that's much smaller than a, than a watch. It's a little box and it usually will include part of a County or a couple of counties or, you know, whatever, but that's the real deal. That means, okay, the weather service has either seen a storm that's rotating to the point that they think there could be a tornado or in some cases, and there are different levels of tornado warnings. Okay. And this mm-hmm. is, this is the, the, the part that I just wish everybody like had the weather knowledge that we do because, you know, I mean, so for true. us, for us, it's kind of like, okay, let me go, let me go look at this tornado warning and okay. Yeah. I'm not too worried, you know? And then you can tell the one when it's like, Oh dude, that's a tornado on the ground. There's a debris signature. Like this needs to be taken serious. Look, you got to take them all seriously, obviously, but. And even severe thunderstorm warnings too, because sometimes those can develop into tornadoes and sometimes those will even have wording in them that are tornadoes possible. So you don't want to just dismiss a severe thunderstorm warning either. I agree. And I, I have tended to do that in the past and got burned by it. And I'll tell you what, (laughs) it's not even just the chance that a severe thunderstorm could produce a tornado. It's the fact that people don't realize what 60 mile an hour wind looks like. Yeah. Yeah. It's no joke. mm -mm, I mean, you like think about a time when you've been outside, you're like, oh my gosh, it's so windy. I feel like I'm going to blow over. That's like 25 or 30 miles an hour. So. Yeah. It's, it's pretty impressive when you get to towards 60 miles an hour winds and even higher potentially that that will easily take down trees, power lines. So you don't want to be out and about in that kind of weather. Listen, I was in my backyard yesterday looking up at the pine trees, even just with like that 15 mile an hour breeze and yeah, the sounds yeah. that they were making. I'm like, oh my goodness, I hope I <laughs> cut down all the right trees. But um, so, you know, you've got your tornado warning that's radar based, which means the weather service sees a spin, but we don't have actual confirmation of a tornado, but it could drop one at any time. And there could be one on the ground already, but we don't know. And then you've got kind of the next tier of tornado warning, which is confirmed tornado, which is one of two things. It's either somebody has uh, actually spotted the tornado, either a trained spotter or a sheriff or, you know, somebody like that. And they report it to the weather service. And that way they know that there's actually a tornado on the ground. The other way you can get that level of tornado warning is uh, if the radar sees debris uh, in a tornado, which is well, I used to say new, I guess it's like eight years. 
<laughs> at this point. <laughs> kind of nice technology to have. It's called dual pole radar. They could actually go in there. We'll do a whole separate separate podcast on that if you all are interested. But um, and then the level above that is tornado emergency. That's where we know we not only know that there's a tornado on the ground, but it's headed toward a particularly populated city or town or area or something right. like that. That means so, if you're in that warning, you need to take cover immediately. You don't check to see if you can see it or feel it or hear it. That's that's when you know it's dangerous. So listen to me real quick here, everybody. If you live in Louisiana, Mississippi, or Alabama, and you normally rely on shelters for you know things around severe weather, whether you go there before the storms hit, whether you have a tornado shelter that uh, wherever you live, everybody goes there during the warning, you know, there are different types of shelters and there, you know, there are also shelters that get set up after tornadoes hit, you know, but make sure to check in with these guys. It's kind of like checking in on your flight when you don't know if there's going to be a delay or something like just call, see what's up with it. And if you need to make separate plans, do that. And I think if a lot of people do that, if it ends up being a really bad severe weather outbreak, that has the potential to uh, save lives, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, guys, thank you so much for popping in for a few minutes here. Uh, again, severe weather outbreak coming up on Sunday. It's going to be in parts of the Deep South. Uh, just take all warnings seriously. I know you should be already, but I know how it is. Sometimes you're like, okay, just a severe warning. This is a day where you should take them all seriously, all right? Um, thanks again for joining us. Linda and Jan, you guys are the best. I'm sure we'll thanks, be doing sorry. plenty of podcasts soon. We'll see you guys back here next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.